for this moment right now to just gather but not gather. Like, you're the king in the living rooms and in the hearts of the people listening. So speak through my friend today. Thank you that we get to worship you regardless of what's going on. And I pray that that would be our heart's posture as a church, that we will worship you regardless if the world is on fire or life is hard. We worship you because you're worthy. Give us eyes to see you. Glorify your great name. In Jesus' name, amen. So welcome. I'm not going to say hi to the people in the room because it's kind of small. Um, I, I hear we already had technical difficulties. In fact, I know we did. We were just ripping wires out of walls and trying to make it work. So if you're hearing me right now, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, if you're hearing me right now, it's because you realized it wasn't working and you're here. Um, I want to say thank you so much for the patience and the grace. If you see any of our tech team uh, in the coming weeks, you might not see them. Just love on them. Hug, don't hug them. Just do one of these. Just do one of these, I guess. I don't know. Uh, we're hoping that Jesus is showing up right now in your living room. And so if you need to get a new refresher of coffee, do that. I would even say, hey, you could do greeting time in your living room. We'll probably be doing this live stream form of things for the few next, next few weeks. Uh, and you should check into our Facebooks and our Instagrams and sign up for our newsletter on the website so that we can get you that information. We're going to be making decisions as information comes in. Uh, and I know some of you were like, why'd you wait so long? We like to have the best information for the best decision. So if you could be praying for us, we are praying for you. We love you. Uh, connect with us at prayer at cobblestonechurch.com. Email us if we can pray for you for anything specific. Uh, other than that, we are in a series called Walk by the Spirit. And I want to invite my friend and a fellow elder up. You can cheer in your living room for him. Uh, his name's Jeremiah George. Here he is. Hey, not too bad, really, considering six people watching me. I've preached the last, so I'm going to set my timer here. Jeremiah, I still got to eat today, so it's a big deal. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm kind of changing the name of the series in the sense that uh, I'm calling it Led by the Spirit and Taught by the Word, which is the exact same thing, just the way I say it. Um, so let me pray, and then we're going to get into this, and this will be the last time we talk about this in this series. So, Father, I thank you that I, I get an opportunity to preach the Word. Um, I thank you, God, that uh, you know and you knew what I'd be facing this morning. I didn't. I didn't think I'd be looking at a ca camera primarily, but you did. And I thank you, Jesus, that in the unsettlingness of me here and them there, that you would speak. I thank you, God, that there's no surprises when we serve you, that you are faithful, that you find a way, and I pray this, that you would find a way to get this word to the ears of those that need to hear it. Father, I believe this is from you, and I believe it has purpose and will produce good fruit for the body. So, Father, I would ask in the name of Jesus, one way or the other, that this word would find those that need to hear it. Lord, will you do that? And so I pray against any distractions. I pray against any attacks. I pray against those, Lord Jesus, that need to hear it, and the enemy is trying to distract them so they wouldn't hear that. Lord, you're bigger than that, and I thank you for being uh, big and huge and awesome and allowing this word to reach those that need it needs to reach most. 
In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. <laughs> All right, led by the Spirit, taught by the Word. First uh, Corinthians, and, and this, this is going to have a ton of verses in it. So for some of you, you're just going to have to write them down. I'm going to read it. Some will be some back there. It'll be choppy a little bit. But I'm encouraging everybody, write these verses down. Study them later. Go over them later. I'm not going to slow down just because there's a lot of Bible verses. I'm going I'm to go right through them. Um, first one is 1 Corinthians 12, 2. Uh, he says, Paul says to the Corinthians, You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols. So today I'm talking about idols. Today I'm talking about being led. Today I'm talking about what I believe the Lord is speaking to our church about things that we've allowed to creep into our lives um, that are, are speaking. And so it, it, it goes to say, even in 1 Corinthians 12 too, he says, you were led astray by mute idols. I find that interesting. They were being led by something that can't speak. And he says, second part of that, however you were led. However you were led. So I would ask this, church, before Jesus, what or who led you? Or even now that you call yourself a Christian, because this message is for believers, now what is leading you? Now what's captivating you? What's got your attention? What are you motivated by? What are you driven by? Those are some things I want your mind space to get on as I go through this message. So I believe that the Lord has led me to talk and teach about idolatry idolatry not adultery the struggle as christians we have with idols the reality the lord jesus is a deliverer he's a deliverer his desire is to lead us through like what we've been on led by the spirit and taught by the word he's wanting to lead us that way to freedom and life in every area of our lives listen slaves need freedom to be set free from slavery a redeemer is needed this is seen everywhere in Scripture, and the greatest prototype for this uh, redemptive nature of God is, is the Exodus story, where God, by divine power, delivered people from slavery to worship Him freely. I believe being led by the Spirit and taught by the Word is how we are led by our Redeemer, Jesus, to freedom and fruitfulness in every area of our lives. However, just like the children of Israel had issues with idolatry, I believe many Christians today struggle much of the same, falling into the similar pitfalls, allowing idols to pop up in our lives, disrupting what God desires to do in and through us. So that's going to be our talk today is in 1 Corinthians. Most of it's going to be rooted in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 1 through 4. Paul wrote this, this teaching about idols, uh, and, and this is kind of cool as I'm going to, I'm going to read it in just a moment, but the children of Israel were on the earth. These are estimated numbers, so don't, don't judge me too harshly. But the children of Israel were on the earth uh, roughly about 1,500 years before, before Paul wrote this letter to the Corinthians. We are on the earth about 2,000 years after this letter was written to the Corinthians. Yet what we see to be true, and you'll see this in scriptures, God's people are always struggling with temptation of idolatry. We're all, it, it's so funny that people think society's evolving or we're changing or we're getting better. We might get, we might have better tech. We might have, be smarter in, on, on how we travel. But at the end of the day, the struggles are the same. The human nature is the same. The falling, the failing, the, the temptations are the same. And of course, we have the same enemy, Satan. 
So let's read 1 Corinthians 10, 1 through 14 and see. I'm going to unpack it as we, uh, I'm going to read it and then we're going to unpack it. For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized into Moses into the cloud and in the sea and all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them. The rock was Christ. They were all together. They, this, was, this was all children of God. Okay? All followers. That's why I'm addressing Christians. Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Six. Now these things took place as examples for us, that we might not desire evil as they did. And I underline that in my Bible. That we might not desire evil as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink and rose to up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality, as some of them did. 23,000 fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test, as some of them did, and were destroyed by serpents. Nor grumble, as some of them did, and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction. On whom the end of the ages has come. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Good promise of our Lord. And then uh, 14. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. Flee from idolatry. John Calvin, I don't quote John Calvin much. Andrew will appreciate this. You know, I won't even go there. John Calvin says, every one of us, even from his mother's womb, a master craftsman of idols. Listen to that. Every one of us, even from our mother's womb, is a master craftsman of idols. So today I'm gonna talk about four areas that Paul already talked about, and and we're gonna unpack this. Four areas of prime real estate for idols within us and around us as believers. So 10.7, let's, let's look at 10.7 first. The f- first one it says, um, do not be idolaters as some of them were as it is written. They, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. So this one, this particular category is idols from the past. So we're dealing with idols from the past. Um, look at Exodus 32. I'm just gonna show you what they did. Heather printed this out for me, so I can't type well, so my wife did this, and, you know, give credit where credit's due. So idols 30, or, or the Exodus 32, 1 through 2 says, When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said to him, Up, I love that, Up, Aaron, make us gods who shall go before us. And as for Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know where he has be- what has become of him. So Aaron said to them, take off your rings and your gold and your, all your ears and your wives and all your jewelry and bring it, that, bring it to them. And we all know the story. We should know the story. That's when they decide to make this golden calf. Moses went up. He's hanging with God. He's, he's ultimately making the Ten Commandments and he's got this calf that, that they, 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 they push on him. They take the gold. They melt it down. And I love Aaron's line. And it's so, so dumb. But he says, when Moses comes down later and he's angry, he says, I just took it and threw it in the fire, and this gold calf came out. And it's like, no, it didn't, Aaron. No, it didn't. <laughs> it didn't happen like that. But that's just how, you know, crazy we get sometimes when we're busted. 
Um, so Exodus 32, 1 and 2, the idols from the past. Now here's some thoughts that I want us to kind of go into. Idols from our slavery. Idols from where we were raised. Idols that pop up from what we knew. Notice how one of the things in Corinthians it pointed to, they would eat and drink and party. So idols from the party days, right? Things that pop up in followers. Another one, idols made from uncertainty and lack of faith. They were in a place that they were very uncertain and they were, they were struggling trusting God. So what did they do? Moses is not coming back. Moses doesn't, God doesn't care about us. The God of Moses, so we're gonna, what is it? We create an idol made from uncertainty and lack of faith. Our God doesn't care about us, so we need to make our God. That's a dangerous place to be. They say, God doesn't care. God's not going to help. I'll just have to make my own. I'll just have to make my own God. He's not working out. Scripture's not working out. God's not meeting my needs. I need to meet my needs. I got this. You see, anybody, anybody can relate? Anybody seen Christians start walking in faith and trusting the Lord? Somewhere along the line, they, they, they fall back into, I can do it or I got it because they're afraid of what God's done or is doing or will do in their lives. So we build our own security. We build our own security. And I like this, and I put this in my, and I want you to hear this. We become the answerer of our prayers. Instead of God providing, I'll provide. Instead of God meeting those needs, I got this. These are idols. These are things that pop up when we don't trust God, when we don't walk in obedience and trusting him like they did. So in this one, the other one, another point to that is I need to see my God. I like that one. I need to see my God. He's gone. We can't really see him. He's talking to Moses. He's not talking to us. I need to see my God. So we melt a calf, create a God, and I put it this way, and I think this, in the, in the, even in the video, I want my God to be in a box. I want to be able to explain my God. If you want to be able to explain your God, do not serve Jesus Christ. If you, want to be, if you want to be the one that says, I'm going to lead him, I'm going to tell him what I want and what's comfortable, what's right and what's wrong, don't follow Jesus. Because at the end of the day, Jesus will lead you to uncomfortable places through obedience, through scripture, through the spirit. And, and I'm just telling you, if you want a safe, explainable God, Jesus is not him. Amen? <laughs> Hopefully I got some amens at home. <laughs> like, and some coffee. All right, look at Exodus 13, 17 through 18. And, this, and the same, same thing as making our own idols. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land, the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, least the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. But God led the people around the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea, and the people of Israel went up and out of the land of Egypt equipped for battle. Do you see what God did there? God is leading his people in the, in, in, in the OT, right? Children of Israel. And he led them the long way because he knew if he led them the easy way, the short way, they would see war, they'd see trouble, and they'd be tempted to go back. And they'd be tempted to go back to their old idols. And so I, 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 got, some, I got to talk about that. So led by the Spirit and taught by the world, world, led by the Spirit and taught by the word, can get scary. Andrew's been preaching on this. It can get scary. It can at times look like, like what they saw. You can be seeing war. This obeying God is scary. We're, what's gonna happen? We sometimes wanna go back. What we know, what's safe, what's predictable. And uh, fear and doubt in the Lord Jesus 
fuel idolatry. Listen to that. Fear and doubt in our Lord Jesus will fuel idolatry. So 2004, Heather and I are called by the Lord to leave Columbus, Ohio. It was a God thing. We knew it. We were being led by the Spirit, and we were being taught by the Word. We obeyed. We bought this house that we live in now, and 15 years ago, when we did it, she cried most of the first year, right? It was hard. Her family's from Columbus, Ohio. Our church friends were from Columbus, Ohio. Our pastor was from Columbus, Ohio. What we knew was Columbus, Ohio. What we understood was Columbus, Ohio. Where we were, that was, that was where God had been using us. And, and so he says, come to Indiana, Brookville, Indiana, of all places. Pray for us. Um, nothing wrong, Brooke, I love it. But so he moves us to Brookville, Indiana. And so there's this temptation, just like the children of Israel, where you start looking at the landscape. And I started a business in Indiana, and I had people tell me, it's never going to take off. You're never going to be flourished. You don't live in the city anymore. Your, your dent business won't succeed. And I had to, like, really dig into the Word and Scriptures and, and the, the voice of the Lord and stay the course. Finances were tight. Psalm 34 got me through, really, a whole year where it said, this poor man cried out, and the Lord delivered him out of all of his troubles. Um, we had two mortgages, we had just incredible difficulty, and I'm just saying all that to say, I know when the Lord leads you, at times he's not leading you down an easy path. Following God through the, the, the being led by the Spirit and taught by the Word is not an easy path. It's not necessarily an easy thing to do. That's not what, that's not what, what God's leading you to. But here, let me testify. What I did see, what she did see, going to cry. Uh, <laughs> what we did see is God's faithfulness. We saw God's provision. We saw God made us in ways that I would not trade for anything. My God is the same as, as, as the God that was helping them. And just like he provided for the children of Israel, he provided for us. And I learned his character. And I learned his voice. And I learned to trust in the word and how powerful it is to have scripture and pray it and declare it and hold on to it. And God was faithful. We never missed a payment. Mortgages were always paid. Everything was taken care of. But friends, listen, being led by the spirit, taught by the word is not an easy path. And there will be, not, not maybe, I'm just gonna be honest with you, walking this thing out, you will end up in places where you want to go back. You want to go back to what you knew. You want to go back to your successes of the past. Don't go back. Trust him right now. Trust him right where you're at. Don't give up. That, don't give in to that spirit of idolatry of going back where, where, what I know. Okay? So 10, Corinthians 10, 8, the next one. Four things that popped up from idolatry. Corinthians 10, 8. Whew, man. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did, and 23,000 fell in a single day. The next idol that we would like to talk about within following Jesus is, is, is the idol of indulging. I put indulging in sexual immorality. It might say just sexual immorality, which is fine. But the word indulge is important because indulge says to wallow in, to give oneself up to, give way to, yield to, abandon oneself, give rein to, Give free reign to, revel in, lose oneself in. Numbers 25, one through three says, while Israel lived in 
Shittim, the people began to whore with the daughters of, the, of Moab. These invited the people to sacrifice, sacrifices of their gods, and the people ate and bowed down to their gods. So Israel yoked himself to Baal, a Peor, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. So God's people were being sexually immoral with pagan people and, and doing everything God was not for, breaking all the covenants that God wants them to walk in. So they were indulging. And so we have that scripture. We have Corinthians 10, 8. So that comes to today. In the, in the New Testament, just a quick, quick Jeremiah survey. This is what I found. These books warn about sexual immorality. In just the New Testament, Matthew through Revelations, just the new covenant in Christ, right? The new covenant in Christ. Some people want to get away from this, but in the new covenant, in what Jesus has done, the New Testament books that warn about it are Galatians, 1 Thessalonians, Revelations, Colossians, the Gospels, Ephesians, Acts, 1 and 2 Corinthians, Jude, 1 and 2 Timothy, 1 Peter, Hebrews, and Jesus himself teaches on sexual immorality. Friends, listen, it sounds like for me, being a young adult pastor for years and a youth minister for years, it's been a real situation where I've had to confront sexual immorality on various ways and various places and various people. But listen, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's a big problem among Christians and churchgoers. And here's, here's some teaching on it. It's easier to say what the Bible is okay with rather than to say what following God, what, what, what it's against. And here's what the Bible is okay with. Husband, man, wife, woman, within marriage, sexual activity. That's it. Amen? But we have li we're living in a day and age where that is under attack in denominations, in churches, it's everywhere. I love you, I love you, I love you. So hear this. But if you feel like the statement that I just said is outdated, is wrong, or not right, I'm gonna humbly say you've created an idol within sexual immorality in your life. And we must be led by the Spirit and taught by the Word. The idol is this. I want to define my sexuality and sexual practices and not allow God and His Word to. I want to, I, I want to define my sexuality and sexual practices and not allow this Word to do so. Friend, that's an idol. And that is a problem. And I know there are books and preachers these days that have gotten away from that. And I, I, I don't want to speak to that today, but Jesus have mercy. Jesus have mercy. Hebrews 13, 4 says, Let marriage be held in honor among all. Let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and the adulterers. I had a friend when I was a young adult pastor in a church. He came to me one time, and this is a perfect example of how perverted, led by the Spirit, taught by the Word can get. So we need the Word, right? And we need it. We need the Word to hold the Spirit accountable if, if, if you want to look at it that way. So this young man comes to me and he's sleeping with his girlfriend. And I said, the Bible says it's sin and wrong, brother. I, I just love you and I wouldn't be a good pastor if I wouldn't call you out on that. And he said, yeah, I know what the Bible says, but we prayed about it. I kid you not, I'm not making this up. The bold guy. He said, but we prayed about it and we feel like it's okay. We feel like it's okay. He's being led by some spirit, but is not the Holy Spirit. He's being led by the spirit of lust. But he doesn't want to care what the Bible says, so he's not interested in that. 
And the truth is, is guys, that's idolatry um, and, and just leads to destruction and problems. And unfortunately, the young guy has not had a real good relationship um, in his life. I pray for him. I love him. Another one is this, and this, this is taboo for a lot of people. Uh, a young man, another time I counseled, he said, Jeremiah, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm going to lay it out. If I would identify myself, I'd identify myself as a homosexual. I don't have attraction to the opposite sex, yet I want to be a Christian. And we were like, hey, okay. Because remember, remember the word indulge? I, put, I talked about indulging. There's a difference between indulging, surrendering, and fighting and resisting and acknowledging. There are people that love Jesus that have temptations of same-sex attraction. It's real. And, and I'm telling you, we better, as a Christian, as leadership, we better understand that because that wave is growing. And you're not, you cannot tell me that Jesus is not going to save, set free, and deliver these folks. He's going to meet those temptations head on because he's Jesus. Nothing's too big, nothing's too scary, nothing's too dark for Jesus. So this young man comes to tell me, and I said, look, he said, I want to follow Jesus, so I'm not going to live in that lifestyle. And I'm like, man, that's encouraging to hear. And I said, um, and he said, is there any chance that this temptation will go away from me? And I said, brother, I, here's what I'm going to say. And I don't know if it's right or wrong, but I told him, I said, I hope it does. I hope by, by grace of God something encounters you, it happens, and you get delivered, and you have no, no attraction towards uh, men anymore. But I told him, I said, I will testify you as an older man. I'm not, I don't struggle with the attraction towards men, but I, have a tr I, I love my wife. I'm married to my wife. This is real talk, right? Uh, I love my wife, and I'm attracted to my wife, but to say that I don't have temptation with other women would be a lie. So I said, the same grace that Jesus has walked with me and helped me to stay devoted to her, to fight that other fight, to, to re resist that temptation, I would suggest and encourage and submit to you is the same grace that can help you walk in freedom. Amen? And he said, that's enough for me. You know what he needed? Just to know that Jesus would meet him. Just to know that there's hope. Just to know that God can do it. And it wasn't all in him. Another young couple, awesome young couple, when I was pastoring them, uh, we preached, I preached like this, talked about immorality. They were living together. They had a kid together and uh, preaching the gospel. They met Jesus. They wanted to follow Jesus. And you know what? The, the, the guy, he's like, man, we're convicted. We know we're not supposed to be together in this way. And he ended up moving back with his parents and let, paid, paid for his wife's apartment or helped paid for the wife's apartment and his daughter's apartment until they got married. And it was actually the first marriage that I ever officiated. Um, and what a beautiful thing to see. It is possible to do it right. It is possible when you go to the Lord with these things and ask, what's the, what's the word say? What's the spirit say? He can lead you and he can free you and he can help you. It's not easy, but it is possible. These are areas of idolatry that pop up within sexual immorality. Now, Corinthians 10, 9. Corinthians 10, 9. And this one is, we must not put Christ to the test as some of them did and were destroyed by serpents. And it's like, this one, if you study it, it's Numbers, well, let's, just, let's read the Numbers 21, 4 through 5. Numbers 21, 4 through 5. From Mount Or, they set out by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom, and the people became impatient on the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness, for there is no food and no water, and we loathe this worthless food. Talking about God's provision. 
talking about what God has provided. This idol that pops up in 10.9 is the idols of discontentment. It's putting Christ to the test. Loathe, feel an intense dislike or disgust for it. The spirit of discontent pops up so much in our Christian walks. With what God has provided, we aren't happy. We're just not happy. We're not content. We're not content with what he's given us. And, 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 and let, me, let me just say this. Tell me, I mean, I think everybody that, is, that loves Jesus has been tempted some way, shape, or form in this one. I know I have. I've been tempted, I think, in all of them. But, but this one is like you actually build up a, a, a hatred or a loathing towards God's, God's provision. And this, I'm unhappy with God's provision in my life. Are you? Are you unhappy with what God's given you? Are you unhappy with what God's provided for you? I want a better job. I want more money. I want more power. I want, I want a different spouse. I want better looks. I'm unhappy with how I was born. I want, a diff- I want a bigger house. You fill in the blank. Where is the discontent in your life? Because there's scriptures about this. 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 10 says it this way. And this is good stuff. 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 10 says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Having God and having the things of God and just understanding that's where I need to be. For we brought nothing into the world, we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing with these, we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money, misquoted all the time, for the love of money, not money, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It has through this craving that has some wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. Comes from the idol of discontent. I want what the world tells me I should want. Philippians 4, 11 through 13. Philippians 4, 11 through 13 says, Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to be to abound. In in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him, Christ, who strengthens me. Isn't that beautiful? How do I win contentment? Be content with Jesus. Be content with Jesus. If you want to change something, it's not wrong to have goals. It's not wrong to obtain better jobs and get even better houses. You want to get, do it, but do it with Jesus. Ask him, talk to him. Ask him to convict you when you're being led by idols, when you're being led by I wants, when you're being led by discontent. Ask the spirit of the Lord to come and lead you and he will, he will, he will. I know this because uh, when Cobblestone used to meet back in uh, Talawanda years and years ago, Mid-2000s, we'll say. Um, and I always like cars. And those of you who know me, I love cars, trucks. I like toys, okay? I'm a toy man. Um, so I remember they were doing this, 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 and this is honest. I'm not trying to make myself look awesome. I just am telling stories so you guys get the picture of how idols can pop up. Um, uh, they, were, they were raising money for, idol, for idols. They were raising money for idols. No, they were not. They were raising money for water or wells in, in another country. And I remember, I remember them like, you know, hey, do this. And I had some substantial money saved up for a um, mid, probably a 2003 supercharged Harley truck. Not a probably, it was. I had one in my brain that I really wanted. 
And, and I was ready to make the move. I'd saved up my money. I was being good, got the wife's approval. And I really wanted this Harley truck, really did. I'm like, yeah, this is go time. And I felt the leading of the Holy Spirit. This is why we gotta be led by the Spirit. Led by the Spirit. Because here's the deal, I was <laughs> during a service and I felt like they were raising, and the Lord said, give that money to the well. And at that time, you have a choice. Are you gonna listen to the Lord or are you gonna listen to your own selfish desires? And I wanted that truck bad. <laughs> I really did. But I want to love Jesus better. And I want to serve him first. And I don't want idols in my heart. I don't want idols of money or trucks or cars or toys. I don't want them. And I know that I am susceptible to them because I love glittery things. And you know, I, I obeyed. I obeyed by God's grace and did what I was supposed to do. And I felt, felt way better giving money to those wells than I would have been having that sweet truck in my garage cool part, testify about God. I ended up owning two of those over the years. God's gracious. God is good. Just, but see, so Jeremiah is having nice things. Is that idolatry? No. But when the Lord Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, leads you to do something and you choose nice things over what he's leading you to, yeah, you're starting to wrestle with idolatry. Be careful of that. Because you can't flip through the Bible. This is why we need the Spirit's leading. This is why Andrew's pushing so hard on led by the Spirit, taught by the Word. I can't, I can't flip through the Scriptures and find don't buy a Harley truck or do buy a Harley truck. It's not in here. But the Spirit of the Lord, had a, he, wanted, he wanted that money to do something different. So we have to understand that's a big idea behind the leading of the Spirit. It's so it would lead us to obey and lead us to give and lead us to be a part of what God wants us to do. And here's the thing, I didn't miss out. Like I said, God has been very gracious to old Jeremiah with his cars and trucks. And I praise God for that. Those of you that like cars and trucks, you'll know what I'm talking about. All right, Corinthians 10.10. 10. And this one is the idol from rejecting the Lord's leadership. Corinthians 10.10, 10. idols from rejecting the Lord's leadership. And this one's, this is real talk for cobblestone. I think this is gonna hit home for some of us. And, and, and I have, once again, wrestled with this as well. 10.10 um, 10 says, nor grumble as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now what this is referring to is Numbers 14, 1 through 4. Then all the congregation raised a loud cry and the people wept that night and all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, would that we had died in the land of Egypt or would that we had died in the wilderness? Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become a prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt that they said to another, let us choose a leader and go back to Egypt? The idol of not trusting God's leaders is a real problem. Idols from rejecting the Lord's leadership says like God should, led, um, God should lead you to your leadership. Hear me on that. God should lead you to your leadership. I'm not saying follow people blindly. That will lead you in all sorts of problems. That's a bad idea. But the Bible gives you things. It talks about fruit. talks about testing. There's, there's, there's teaching on elders. Remember, test. Be taught by the Bible. Know what the Bible says. Find people that are qualified and producing the fruit. I had two guys in, in my early Christianity in the same church um, one I'll call Pastor Steve, that's his name. Well, his name's not Pastor Steve. How convenient he became a pastor, his first name's Pastor. But no, uh, 
His, he was our first pastor that the Lord called us to serve. And the other one I'll just call super spiritual old guy. That was not his name, but I don't want to tear him down. So here I am, a young man, early 20s, and I'm doing ministry. And people sometimes want to find you and, and, and lead you. Um, and the Lord will lead you to who you should serve under and submit to and so on and so forth. So Pastor Steve, uh, I'll just say he had a, a gold bracelet, uh, highlights in his hair, and he drove a Mercedes. Um, and I remember meeting him at a basketball thing, and Heather was like, he's a pretty cool guy. And I'm like, not my kind of guy. You know, um, Pastor Steve's not my kind of guy, babe. I'm, I, he just, I'm, you know, nothing against him, but no, he played basketball. That was kind of cool. But, but outside of that, that was where I initially felt with Pastor Steve. Pastor Steve, um, within, oh, I don't know, a few weeks of that, I had a dream, spirit-led. And in the dream, it was simple, follow Pastor Steve. Once again, I couldn't find any scripture that showed me to follow Pastor Steve. But in testing, he, he qualified. He was producing the fruit. He was living the life that the Bible commands. And I remember having that dream, and I, and I woke up, and I'm like, no questions asked. i got to follow Pastor Steve. And uh, he called us within a week or two and asked us to start helping out with junior high ministry. Junior high ministry. And you know what we said? Yes. That was the beginning. Now it's been about close to 20 years ago. We've been in ministry on again, off again, different ages and all. And it all started with a dream telling me to follow somebody that I didn't think I would follow. See, the Lord picks your leaders. The Lord should be the one leading you to where you go. This other guy will call what I call him a uh, religious old guy, super spiritual old guy, older guy. Oh, that sounds disrespectful. I shouldn't even say it like that. But he was. So I, we'd go to his Bible study, and he was like, let me, he kept saying, I want to lay hands on you and pray for you and speak these blessings. And he just, everything about him sounded right. Everything about him looked right. He, he told these stories of these awesome preachers that I looked up to that he worked with. And he, oh, I traveled with so-and-so. And I'm like, man, that's cool. I, really, I read their book. And, and I'll tell you, the God honest truth is, but there was this thing inside of me and Heather. One night, we walked out of his Bible study, got into our car, and I said, what do you feel about him? And, she, and she's like, I think she started it. She said, I got something in my spirit. We call it a check. I got something in my spirit that just is not setting right. I said, you feel that too? I feel the same way. So we knew we were not to serve under that man. And uh, so we backed away. We were young and, and in fact went and drove, you know, became closer to Pastor Steve, served Pastor Steve in a church plant and so on and so forth before we moved to Indiana. What am I saying? The Lord will lead you. The Lord will lead you. Many Christians operate in idolatry when it comes to leadership. We pick churches like gyms. Listen, does it have what I need, what I want, when I want it? If we operate in that way, we are susceptible to becoming idolatrous because we put what we think we want more than what God thinks we need. Okay? What about, um, what does God want for you? What does God want for you in your church, where he puts you, where he positions you? Idols are found in attitudes like this. I could do better. I know more, and I have a deeper relationship, and I understand more. This one's huge. Idols are found, and I see it in the critical spirit. The critical spirit, it's not a fruit of the spirit. It's not a gift of the spirit. Amen? Yet I see it manifest more in churches and Christians more than the fruits and the gifts. It's a problem, and it's a problem in cobblestone. Since I've been around, I watched 
Some folks operate in a critical spirit. Now, once again, I'm not saying you can't have your opinions and you can't, I'm not, we don't all have to like everything and agree on everything, but there's a right way to go about things as a body. There's a w- right way to say, I didn't like this or I didn't like that. Maybe we could change this. And then there's a wrong way. And the wrong way is the critical spirit. Critical Christians are ones that tear down. They beat up. They make God's people nervous and exhausted and frustrated. And since I've been in leadership in Cobblestone, I have watched the fruit of the critical spirit. It does. It makes people on edge. What did I say? Did I say it right? And we feel this pressure and it's got to stop. It's got to stop. Cobblestone, I pray we get rid of the critical spirit. It's an unhealthy thing. And the people that I know that in my life, in the past, that have operated in critical spirits, love God. Let me say that. They love God. They're good, they're good people. But they start to lean so heavy, and I know best, and I got all these opinions, and I think this, and I've watched God sideline them. If you want to be sidelined as a Christian and stop producing the fruit that Christ is wanting to produce through you, start keep going down the critical spirit. I've watched them. God starts to push them into the side because they're not useful. They're not like him anymore. They don't speak love and edifying and truth, and they don't. And so be careful that you do not submit to the critical spirit or that idol. Amen? This is heavy, I know, I know. I, I prayed a lot about it. I was hoping I could talk about something really light and fun, but I can't. All right, look to uh, Hebrews. Hebrews 13, seven through nine. I'm gonna have to read that one if you could put that up there. Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods which have not benefited those devoted to them. Obey, now we skip down. We we skip through some because he was actually talking about that. In their time, there was the idea that what you ate made you better, closer to God or not. And and he was warning about a false teaching in that, um, that it's Jesus Christ alone, right? Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy, not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Amen? Not a very popular scripture, don't see it a lot, but can we do that as Christians? Lift them up in prayer, not beat them down in criticism. Your leaders, people around you. 2 Timothy 4.3 says, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in, um, to, to uh, suit their own passions. They will accumulate for themselves to suit their own passions. These are, these are idolatrous issues. These are idolatrous issues. And make no mistake about it, this is across the land. There are people that will quit going to certain churches, even some of the stuff I've already talked about, because we make a stand on this, this, and this. I will go over here because they don't make a stand on this, this, and this. And I I say, make a stand with this. This is the word of God. Stand with the word of God. Do not pull yourself away from it. And if you are wrong, be wrong and submit to the word of God. It's scary how many people are. And so if you think you're just gonna, I'm gonna pick my own church, I would recommend every Christian, even if cobblestone, even if this means cobblestone is not your church, and, and I hope the other elders are with me on this, but I think they are. We're not saying we're the only, the only church around that's doing the work of God. God has callings and purposes for us. And some people he will lead here or there through various reasons and various places, various giftings. But make sure 
you're not picking your own church. Make sure you're allowing the Holy Spirit and the Word of God pick your church. And I would say this, um, the, the, the teaching on elders, I love this. I, think that I believe in this strongly, as we do as elders. Find churches that operate wherever you go. College kid, listen to this. Find a church that operates with elders leadership. Find a church that operates with elders leadership and elders that are meeting those criteria of the scriptures. There are in, they're in there. Research it, study that, find that. Because the plurality of elders is, is, it's at times a slow process, but it works. There's checks and a balance. There's people to keep me from being crazy, right? So <laughs> you guys are like, maybe, maybe not. All right, and in closing, and yeah, I am in closing. I hope I've done okay. Oh, yeah. Um, in closing, James 1, 14 and 15 says this, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Also, look back at Corinthians, the the ending there, 14 and 15. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. I speak as sensible people. Nope, sorry, 12. (laughs) I'm reading 14. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed, lest he fall. That's right. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. He's talking about all these idle temptations that I just listed off. You and I, we are susceptible to these idols, these temptations, these struggles. And he's telling us that in them, like, like listen, look, take heed lest you fall. That's take heed lest you fall. Be humble and cautious. If even what I said today made you rise up in pride and arrogance, careful. As, a, as somebody teaches the Bible, myself included, listen humbly and say, is that talking to me? Should I receive this? Is this for me? Okay, be careful. Okay, often, this is my thinking, often temptation at its core is an attempt from Satan to get you and I close or to choose, I'm sorry, to get you and I to choose a lesser God, lowercase g, when we do, we miss good things Jesus has for us. Do you understand what I'm saying by that? The idea of temptation is to get these things. To, so, so God says this, and the Bible says that, and when we choose what we want and create an idol out of it, we're choosing a lesser God. We're choosing less. We're not walking in God's best. We're not allowing God to show us his faithfulness and his goodness and his provisions. We start to pull back and start to say, I'm out. No temptation is taking you that is not common to man. Make no mistake about it. We're all in this together. 1 John 2, 16, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Right? All sins are pretty much lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. What is attacking you? What is trying to take you away from the the, the work and the will of the Lord? And look, he provided a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Okay? And Andrew said this, Galatians 5, and it's just a good way to end. Galatians 5, 16 and 18. But I say, walk by the Spirit, amen? And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. That is good. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires, stop timer. And the, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these oppose to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. In 24, we'll skip down. And those who belong to Christ Jesus 
have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So, Cobblestone, I'm going to close with some prayer and some challenges for those of you at our home. Lord, will you reveal the idols in our lives? Lord, will you take this word and make it go from the head to the heart? Will you speak to everybody in our church and everybody that hears this? Will you call out idols? Will you crush them? Will you expose them? Will you free our people from them? Will you protect us from them, Lord? Lord, help us to repent and allow you to take the focus, to take it all, Lord. And then, Lord, in this season, in this time, I know I felt it this week, help us in this uncertainty time. Give us peace that passes all understanding. Protect us, Lord. I encourage everybody to pray, read, meditate on it. Psalm 91. It helped. Psalm 91, church. Psalm 91. What do I read? Start your day out with it this week and read it and learn who he is in that and learn who you are in that. And you'll find strength and you'll find direction in it. And so I thank you, God. Bless us. Strengthen us. Help us. Your kingdom come and your will be done. Amen.